If a doctor tells you there's nothing left to be done for you, it just means they know of nothing left to be done for you. Dr. Lindsay Berkson. So the big question is, how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OBGYN, I had to discover for myself the truth about what creates a rock-solid metabolism, lasting weight loss, and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose 100 pounds and fix my fatigue. Now, I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hormone Prescription Podcast with Dr. Kieran. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. You are going to love my guest today as much as I love her. She is brilliant and down to earth and amazing. And she has six pack abs in her 70s. Yep. And we're going to tell you how to get six packs abs in your 70s. But even if you don't want six pack abs, we're going to tell you her secrets to amazing aging. She is a hormone expert and badass. I remember reading one of her best-selling books on gut health many decades ago, actually, and thinking what a rock star she was on my journey. And to actually get to meet her when we did the Stop the Menopause Madness Summit, originally and talk with her and get to know her has been such a blessing in my life. This woman is a powerhouse. She can help transform your life, maybe even just by listening to this episode, but stay tuned till the end because she really is going to drop some bombs for you on what she does to keep her health in tip top shape. And we're going to talk about a topic that's very important right now, and that is immune resilience, right? Who's concerned about immune resilience? Uh, Just about every human on the face of the planet. How hardy is your immune system? How resilient is your health? And another concern of women is breast cancer. And she's going to talk about why you shouldn't be afraid of hormone replacement if you've had breast cancer, why it's actually necessary and why the outcomes are better for women who actually are on hormones and all kinds of things related to brilliant women's health that you need to know to make this the best time of your life. Because ask yourself, what do you want your health at 80 to look like? What do you want your life at 80 to look like? And Planning that trajectory starts now. So Dr. Lindsay and I are going to dive into it, giving you some truth bombs about hormones. I'll tell you a little bit about her and then we'll get started. Dr. Devaki Lindsay Berkson has been a thought leader and pioneer in functional medicine for over four decades and has authored over 21 groundbreaking books on women and hormones, gut health, toxicity, including safe hormones, smart women, which is available online. With a background in chiropractic and naturopathic medicine, her pioneering work earned her the position of hormone scholar at the Center for Bioenvironmental Research, a world-renowned estrogen think tank at Tulane University, where she worked with a scientist who discovered the first estrogen receptors and focused on receptor functionality. She is a fellow of the prestigious Research Institute, the Health Science Collegium, and she holds health patents on bioidentical hormones and on a drug for dialysis and diabetic patients, and she's published research on dialysis and nitric oxide with the University of Texas Medical School at Houston. Dr. Berkson formulated the first female nutraceutical line for physicians, that's the highest quality in the U.S., Metagetics Femline, and has recently launched a new hormonal line for biotics this year in 2021, actually last year. You can find her hosting the Dr. Berkson's Best Health Radio Show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome, Dr. Lindsay. How are you? I'm great. I just canoed yesterday six miles in 50 degree cold weather, and I felt so good to be able to do that. And 
enjoy the turtles, the birds, <laughs> the sky, and the ability that I could do that. <laughs> yes, and Lindsay lives in Austin, Texas, and I wish you guys could see her because she's, may I share your age? Uh, I lie a lot, but it's okay. You can say, wait, we're not, we're say, not video on this. They don't get to see me. They don't get to see you. They oh. can hear you, but I'll just say. No, you can say my age. You can go ahead and say my age. I'll just say she's in her seventies and she is the sexiest, hottest, <laughs> most beautiful 70 some year old you will ever see. And so she says, well, you know, I've been on natural hormone therapy for what, 20 years, you said? I had breast cancer 30 years ago, and then I waited five years, which I would not probably do now, but I did back then because everybody told me I could never be on hormones again the rest of my life. So I waited five years to try and be prudent and to make sure that I had clean mammograms and clean serum cancer markers and inflammatory markers. And then I went on hormones. So I have been on hormone replacement for 25 years. That's a, she's a testament to it, walking testament, just, you know, healthy, vital, alive, vibrant. And I know we're going to focus in on the role of hormones in resilience, health resilience, immune system resilience, which is a really hot topic right now. People, I don't realize that their hormones have anything to do with their immune system, let alone their health resilience. So we're going to dive into that. But I want to start, you mentioned that you had breast cancer, and I have so many women who reach out to us at the Hormone Club who say, well, I had breast cancer, and I, my doctor told me I can never take hormone replacement therapy, and I know you are one of the pioneers on doing research, actually using certain types of estrogen to treat breast cancer, and most people also, I know this is a compounded question, they don't realize that cancer is an immune system failure, just like getting a certain viral illness is an immune system failure. So I'm wondering if you can just talk about all those topics, maybe breast cancer and how it's related to immune system and then also using hormones after breast cancer. Okay, I got to break that down. It's a that lot. Was, it's that a was multi-layered, but that's always fun. Challenge, challenge is fun. If your <laughs> hormones are you... balanced, challenge is fun. If they're not balanced, then you go so frustrated and aggravated and you want to right. go... A, a whipped cream pie at everybody. So first of all, in the business, we have always known that hormones send signals to satellite dishes called receptors. And whatever tissues have these receptors, they're called target tissues. That's where a hormone signals. So for example, you have estrogen receptors in your brain. So we know that estrogen sends signals to the brain. That's why estrogen prevents brain fog and cognitive deficits, and it keeps your brain brighter and younger. Wherever you have satellite dishes, hormones work. And we in the field of understanding sex steroid physiology have realized that immune cells have receptors, especially for estrogen and progesterone. We know that your Treg cells, your macrophages, all of the, the cells that make up your innate and adaptive immune systems have receptors for estrogen and progesterone. And we know that 70% of your immune system lives in the lining of your gut and testosterone, the male hormone, sends signals to that. That's why men get less autoimmune disease because they have more testosterone and it stabilizes the immune system in the gut wall. None of this has been appreciated by medicine. It's not taught in med schools. The adjudicators of hormones, the endocrinologists and the gynecologists, except for yourself and some outliers, pretty much don't look at hormones like that. They look at them mainly as replacement for older people. And they don't look at the, they'll often think if you don't want a libido, you don't need testosterone. They won't think of testosterone and the immune system in the gut. But everything changed with COVID. COVID put a spotlight on the role of especially estrogen and progesterone in the immune system, because we noticed that women get more cases of COVID, but they die less from COVID. Men die more frequently from COVID. And we noticed that younger women who are premenopausal and have more hormones like estrogen, they're the ones that have less severe COVID. And if an older woman wasn't on hormone replacement, she suddenly had the same statistics of severe COVID if she didn't have early intervention. But if she was on hormone replacement, then she had similar safety statistics against COVID like younger women did. So this became a big deal. So they even started treating men with anti-androgens. Mount Sinai started giving 100 milligrams 
intramuscularly of progesterone twice a day to men in the, the ICU with COVID. They've been fussing around with hormones because they noticed that hormones make a difference. So that's really brought hormones out of the closet, so to speak, with this role that they've always had, but now we're appreciating. That's one of the reasons as you get older, you're more prone to pneumonia and different illnesses because you have less hormones that protect your immune system. And the other thing is we talk about the role of the gut with immunity. So a healthy gut opens and closes. You eat a meal and after you eat a meal, it supposedly digests your food to tiny little pieces, amino acids, dipeptides, tripeptides. Then they should cross your gut wall to go into your bloodstream and nourish you. So your gut wall opens. And then after the nourishment goes into your bloodstream, after it crosses the gut wall, your gut wall should close, open and close. A healthy gut while opens and closes. Well, it turns out that estrogen and progesterone have everything to do with that opening and closing mechanism. They upregulate the, the sticky adhesive proteins that help create the normal, healthy open and close. So actually, one that's why we've noticed that women during pregnancy, when you have more estrogen and progesterone than you'll ever have because they're mm-hmm. pregnancy hormones, many autoimmune diseases went into remission and then they would rebound after pregnancy because you didn't have that flush of hormones. So hormones, so we have greater immunity because we have greater sex steroid hormones when we're younger. And when we age, we are more vulnerable. We are more China cups as we age, unless you're on hormone replacement, then you have more sex steroid immunity and resilience because you have more the hormone profile of someone that's younger. Ah. And women say if nature meant for me to be have hormones in my 70s, then I would have. So I don't want to do it. I'm going to age gracefully, but I wear glasses and I don't say, well, if nature meant for me <laughs> not to walk around bumping into walls, I'll bump into walls. Or, you know, I live in Texas where it's hot. I have air conditioning. I mean, you have better living through technology and chemistry, and we now have the ability to have the safety and protection of these hormones that that kept us young when we were young, but now it can keep us younger, longer when we're older. I'm with you on this. Exactly. Right. If you wear reading glasses or you wear glasses, so you don't walk into the wall and you could read a menu. We don't say, I'm just going to let my eyes deteriorate and not do anything to have better function. Where do you think this comes from? Because it seems like we women carve out when it comes to hormones. Why, why do we have these opinions and values that somehow it's shameful or bad to use hormones or to bolster ourselves. You know, like you said, I always use the analysis of you tell your doctor tells you you're vitamin D deficient and then low vitamin D levels are associated with every cancer and chronic disease known and you need to replace it. No woman ever said, oh, I'm not going to take vitamin D. I'm going to do it naturally. If I don't have vitamin D, then that's just it. I'm going to deal with it. Where does this come from? That is such a great, that's like a Cohen, you know, what is the sound of one tree (laughs) falling in the forest with nobody there to hear it? There is so much bias and bullcrap around hormones. That's why I love what you're doing and I love your show because I want to bust that bull crap because what it is is that aging picks up speed. You age faster in your 40s than you did in your 30s. You age you age mm-hmm. faster in your 60s. You really pick up speed in your 70s, man. I just turned 73. Most of the people I talk with that are 73 talk slowly. They're searching for words. They cannot lecture like I lecture. They have little old lady voice. If you're on hormones, you have less little old lady voice. You have more lung capacity. People don't realize how progesterone supports the lung cells and it helps lungs heal after lung injury. That's another thing that we learned from COVID. It's bias and ignorance. It's kind of things, you know, for many, many years, the earth was flat. Yes, (laughs) sure was. And if you didn't think the earth was flat, you were, you were tarred and feathered. And then the government completely supported the AMA that supported that smoking was safe and pregnant women should smoke. You're right. So I was just listening. I, when I was, a, I was a distinguished scholar at a hormone think tank at Tulane Med School called the Center for Bioenvironmental Research. And I worked with 
the scientists who discovered the first estrogen receptors, the first satellite dishes. So I worked with Elwood Jensen that discovered the first, he was the first person to say hormones dock into a satellite dish. Before that, and the, the first people to come to his lecture were three people because nobody believed him because nobody believes the first person to say the earth isn't flat. And then Yanaki Gustafson discovered the second and he said, when you estrogen signals the second receptor, you get protection against breast cancer. So breast cancer patients should be able to take estriol. And he got wooed over to Houston to create a pharmaceutical that acts like estriol that we can prescribe for women to signal that second anti-cancer signal. But none of this is, you know, I think a fair amount of this really comes from the fateful statistical fiasco of the Women's Health Initiative. Mm-hmm. And but Europe didn't buy into it. It was something happens in America. You know, I was talking about this with someone last night. Why didn't with COVID our health experts take this beautiful opportunity to talk about health mandates and losing weight? We're so afraid of shaming people for being overweight that we tell a whole nation nothing about losing weight because COVID loves overweight inflamed bodies. Most my friends that are ICU docs, they say most of the people in the ICU, not all, but many of them are overweight. Mm -hmm. But we don't talk about this because we want everyone to be mediocre. We want everyone to get a prize, everyone to be okay if they're large, everyone to be okay if they're, not that large is terrible or anything, but it's not healthy to be excessively large. And by the way, hormones help you keep a trimmer torso. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons you gain more weight when you get older. So I think that because of the Women's Health Initiative, which gave the wrong data, and because we are a litigious society, and Wyeth got successfully sued, and then doctors in America got very frightened of putting out scripts. So now doctors don't want to deal with hormones. They're very afraid of getting sued if a woman does get breast cancer or mm-hmm. some cancer and someone could get a cancer. Although you fare better if you get a cancer, if you're on hormones, men, if they're on testosterone, fare better with prostate cancer and women, if they are taking estrogen and they get breast cancer, they're less likely to die from it. And they have a less aggressive illness mm-hmm. because hormones are now known to protect, but the litigious atmosphere made doctors afraid the Women's Health Initiative, and we're afraid to call it like it is. We wanted everything to be so moderate and middle road that we're willing to sacrifice the smarter kids and the for the kids that are in the mid-range. And it's that way we want everyone to be comfortable with being unhealthy. And I think America's in a very, very frightened, stunningly scary space where our children are sicker than they've ever been. Their hormones are no longer working right. It's not just aging women. And we've become so accustomed to try to make everything middle of the road that we're not looking to be the best that we can really be. You know, I think that's so well said. I echo those sentiments. And I am here to wake wake everybody up. I love that you're doing this. to the truth, because if you're looking to the media and your corporate $30 copay corner of your town doctor to tell you what the real deal is, you're not going to get it and you're going to be scared and you're consequently your, your health and your life are going to be substandard until you die, which will be a premature death because you will live longer if you use natural hormone therapy. So listen up, everybody. (laughs) And what do you say to the women? You touched a little bit on this. So you touched on the benefit of sex hormones, that if you are on them and you get breast cancer, it's less aggressive and your outcome is generally better. And I know you're doing some research. We had talked recently about using certain types of estrogen to actually treat breast cancers. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I just gave a talk to the North Carolina Integrative Medical Society group August 13th. There were 160 doctors in the room and maybe 40 people that it was being streamed to because this is during COVID. And I presented the 26 studies where they took breast cancer patients It was anywhere from two years where they tracked the patients to a few of the studies tracked women for 26 years. Most of the arms had a matched cohort where they had women who weren't on hormones, but they took many women, even those that were ER positive, and we can talk about the 
misconception, at least the theory of the misconception of ER positive. And in none of those cases where women were given right after treatment, hormone replacement, and they were tracked for so many years, and not one of those 26 studies did women on hormones do worse. They did better. The Women's Health Initiative was first, so we're an aging nation. We are really getting older. There's more of us that are older than more of us that are younger, and it's accumulating. And within another 10, 20 years, the majority of Americans are going to be over 65, which Mm -hmm. has never happened before. So the National Institute of Health didn't want to topple Medicare. So they got together with 40 prestigious institutions. And for many decades, women were given hormones. They were given Premarin and they were given Premarin along, you know all this, with medroxyprogesterone acetate, a synthetic progestin called PremPro. It was like a Chinese dinner. You had a this and a this and you put them together. So you could have horse estrogen by itself or horse estrogen with a synthetic progestin. And that's what women in America were put on for years, while in Europe, they mainly used natural hormones. They used estradiol and estriol. Estriol is the anti-cancer estrogen. So they decided to do a study to prove that hormones prevent heart disease and keep you healthier and feminine forever was the promise. And they started this two randomized arms and they were stopped prematurely in July of 2002, where they said, "Uh uh-oh, hormones look like they cause the very things that we told women for decades that they were protected against, although no one in the clinical trenches saw more cancers or saw more heart disease, or they wouldn't keep giving it. Even Leon Spiroff, who wrote Gynecology and Fertility, he's the iconic professor from the University of of Portland. He was telling people, don't listen to the Women's Health Initiative because we've been using hormones successfully for years. And he started pumping out paper after paper saying, don't take American women off of hormones. But nonetheless, it was the Women's Health Initiative that came out and said, we think now, uh uh-oh, for the first time ever, hormones cause breast cancer, estrogen's bad, and they also cause heart disease. In Europe, they, did, they didn't believe this study. They said, hey, Americans, they just ran it for a few years. It's the first study. They don't agree with what we've seen clinically. So in Europe, doctors did not stop giving it. And then, as I said, Wyeth sued a lot of, do- a lot of uh, docs. And for, so for the last 20 years, no one has right, been- but I'm going to interrupt you one second. Okay. But in Europe, they've primarily been using biologically identical hormones for decades. Right, right. So they they have a different. They're not using synthetic. So, so. But uh, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's okay. No worries. So in 2019, December 19th, fateful day that did not make headline news. So every year in San Antonio, I'm in Texas. Every year in San Antonio, there's a very cool symposium that goes on. Breast cancer researchers from all over the world gather together and they share their research. So 12 prestigious cancer institutes like MD Anderson and Harvard and Fred Hutchinson Research Cancer Center and Kronos and I mean, just you name it. They all reanalyzed the Women's Health Initiative, which by the way, I did myself and wrote in a reanalysis in 2010 in Safe Hormones, Smart Women. So they came out and said, we reanalyzed the data because we didn't buy the conclusions of the data. And when we reanalyzed it, we made a big, big discovery that in the control arm, they forgot to control for which women had taken estrogen historically. So they had a lower incidence of breast cancer. So it only made it look like the women who are on hormones had a higher incidence. So the whole methodology was flawed. And when they reanalyzed it, if women had been on hormones, estrogen, it didn't even matter if it was horse's estrogen for a few years, they had a 23% reduced case incidence of getting breast cancer. And if they did get breast cancer once they had been historically on estrogen replacement for a little bit, they had a 44% decreased mortality case incident. Mm. Nothing has ever protected women from dying of breast cancer ever as estrogen was shown by the reanalysis. Did this make headline news? No. I was lecturing at Caesars Palace in Vegas two weeks later to a big compounding pharmacy group and none of those pharmacists had yet heard of this data. And I said, guys, this validates everything that we've been talking about, but this has not gotten down to the clinical trenches that estrogen protects against breast cancer. And if you had been on it historically and you get breast cancer, you have almost a half 50% less chance of dying from it. And then in October, so this fateful wrong stuff of in 2002 that said all the wrong stuff and 
from the Women's Health Initiative. That came out in July. In October, a huge study came out and showed that if you were on estrogen for 10 years, you cut your risk of getting Alzheimer's disease by 50%. Well, nobody, it, it was eclipsed by the statistical fiasco and everyone's frightened of losing their wits. Nothing protects your cognition like hormones. So three months ago, the University of Arizona did a study of 400,000 insurance cases looking at who got Alzheimer's and who didn't and what were the confounding variables. And women who were on hormones had a 50, had, uh, excuse me, it was more than that. Women on hormones had a decreased incidence getting Alzheimer's disease by 69%. But if they were on bioidentical hormones, they had a decreased incidence of Alzheimer's disease by 72 to 73%. In other words, hormones protect your thinking. And they all say that there's no cure for cognitive decline. Well, there's prevention. And Bredesen, who's been trying, mm -hmm. he has two best-selling books. He's been on my podcast twice. He has a whole list of what docs should do to try and reboot someone's thinking if you catch them in early to moderate phase. One of the first things he does mm -hmm. is put people who are losing their wits on hormone replacement. But mainstream just keeps saying there's no cure for Alzheimer's disease and we're looking for the magic pill. Hormones protect your thinking. Yes, I think it's so key what you're saying. And I love how you're kind of explaining this through history, what happened, who's done what, and basically, Everybody listening probably got the fear vibe from the media after the WHI, but hasn't gotten any of this other information, right. which, you know, if you haven't realized it before, now you know that you're getting selective information from the media. The media is not unbiased. You're getting very select information. It's key, though, to hear what Dr. Lindsay is saying about estrogen protecting against breast cancer, protecting against cognitive decline and also. Alzheimer's, among other things, I mean, heart disease and heart attack, which we always gave it for to prevent. That's the number one killer of women over 50. And this concept that I think the media really propagates the concept, they say, oh, your immune system can't be modified in any way. Supplements aren't going to help. Hormones aren't going to help. And that is clearly not the case. Since we're talking about resilience, can you talk about not only the effect of hormones on immune resilience, but other nutrients and lifestyle factors? What you want is resilience. And, mm -hmm. you know, we sell everything in America through fear. That is the mode. And I was talking to someone who's lived in Europe a lot just this week, and they sell in Europe. They don't sell things through fear. They sell things through nudity. So much oh. of the advertisement in <laughs> Europe, they sell, show breasts and they show pelvic areas and they, they sell their pharmaceuticals on TV in Europe. I didn't know this through nudity, but not through fear. It's all through very sexy, calm nudity. And we sell every... We've become very you know, the five things to avoid. And if you don't do this and you must not do this and everyone wants to be told what the, it, we've given up our power. We just love to give up our power. You know, and we become weaker and weaker and weaker and less resilient. Yeah, because there are two kinds of people. There are those who are motivated by deprivation and fear and lack, and they're going to lose something they already have or not get something that they want. And then there are those who are motivated by pleasure. And as I understand it, in America, 80% of us are motivated by fear, and that's probably why marketers advertise with fear. And only 20 of us are motivated by desire and pleasure that we're going to get something we we want. So I wonder if that's just something in our psyches that is different from Europeans. It sounds like it is because I guess marketers study this long and hard. And then it makes me question, well, how did we Americans get so motivated by fear? It they wouldn't be using it if it wasn't working. What's interesting is, you know, when people grow older and they have less hormones, because hormones rule your brain. Right. And your nervous system. And when your hormones are balanced, you have more calm and less fear. So when you're so more hormonally out of balance, you're a more fearful, anxious person. I love it. It's because of hormones. <laughs> Everything is because of hormones. Well, I we have so many more time. chemicals and we have. So I was talking to some friends of mine in Canada. You know, I lecture all over the world. So I have all these different 
global friends and I love to hear their perspectives, their McDonald's will not allow the same food that our McDonald's allow. They have higher standards of what can be put into their McDonald's food. So when you go eat McDonald's here, you're getting plasticizers, which block your ability to have healthy hormones. So our kids are getting that. Our pregnant women are getting that. The fetus is getting that. We have more chemicals. We allow more chemicals. We have a lower ceiling for heavy metals, which which are metalloestrogens. So we are a much dirtier air, food, and water, which all adversely, they're endocrine disruptors. So I wrote one of the very first books on endocrine disruption called Hormone Deception. And based on that book, I was invited to become a distinguished hormone scholar at Tulane. That's how I got to work with all those scientists. So we live in this chemical soup of many things that are sabotaging our hormones from the womb to the tomb. And we have kids that have hormones out of balance. And so we we kind of enter this life with hormones disrupted from moment one. Right. So it's no longer a question really of hormones just for older people. In fact, I work one week a month at the Naples Center for Functional Medicine, and we are seeing more and more 20-year-old men come in with erectile functionality issues. They talk about if they're not looking for a super orgasm, they really are not functional. And they'll go, oh, well, I know I sat too much this month and I ate too much processed food and I know, but it's it's out of control. I really can't get hard anymore. And my girlfriend's very unhappy. And the guy sitting across the desk from me is 22, 23. So we have hormonal issues as a nation. And I wonder if that makes us more prone to the marketers for marketing things through fear. That's such an interesting connect the dots. Well, I mean, how do you make a great consumer who will buy what you are trying to sell in a capitalist society? You you render them incapable of making decisions based on healthy cognition. And basically, you block their hormones, you screw their hormones up, and people can't function optimally. They can't think, and they're glued to the TV, and they're afraid, and they'll buy what you're buying. And that's that's as political as I'm going to get on this show. But I think that it, it kind of is a byproduct of the way our society functions. We've touched on so many things already in a short period of time. You know, one um, of the things I just ahead. like, I think that women, because of all this fear... Mm-hmm. And I see this in some of my friends, not all of them. But we start as we get older to think of ourselves as China cups. We're just so nervous about everything. We, we should get DEXA scanned. We should get this. We should. I think we're medicalized to such an nth degree that we've become very fearful and we tenderly step into our old age rather than meet it with deep bravado. And one of the things that balancing your hormones and getting them, for, which for each woman has her own individual hormonal footprint, and that's why it's important to work with a doctor that honors that, like yourself, when your hormones are more balanced, you understand that you want to never, ever give up. You want to push yourself. The more you push yourself in a sane and healthy way, the stronger you stay and you want muscles. You want muscles. You don't want to just walk. Women come in and I say, what do you do? Everybody just walks. Well, that doesn't give you muscles. And muscles, the more muscle mass you have, which of course, testosterone replacement is one way to maintain it, but resistant exercises are another way. The more muscle mass you have, the younger, longer you stay. And we've learned recently this year that muscles, when they're recruited against resistance, release myokines that go to your eyes and your brain and look for unhealthy proteins and house clean and keep your eyesight healthy and your cognition healthy. Muscles are part of the deal. And so you want to push yourself. You want to be on hormone replacement that has some androgenic component to it. Yet if you go to your regular doc and say, am I a candidate for hormones? Am I a candidate for testosterone? 98% of the time you're likely to get a wrong answer and it's extremely confusing for women. It is. And that's why I'm glad that women are listening here, because if you are, you know, you need the androgens, you need the testosterone. And your regular doctor probably is not only not aware of that, doesn't know how to properly test for it, doesn't know how to treat it because there are no standard pharmaceutical formulations for testosterone in women. Or they'll Um, tell you that it's dangerous. 
and they'll tell you it's dangerous, but you need it. You should see uh, Dr. Berkson's cut arms from her working out and canoeing. And that's how you need to be, not only to protect the things she's talking about, but your bones and your frame. You know, the statistics on bone thinning, osteoporosis and fractures are really devastating. So what do you want 80 to look like? It starts when you're in your 40s and hormones need to be a part of it. I love this quote you shared with me. If a doctor tells you there's nothing left to be done for you, or it just means they know Wait, what is it? It it just means it, it, they know it, nothing left to be done for you. If a doctor tells you there's nothing left to be done for you, it means they don't know anything else to do for you. Right. So and, yeah, that that is so. You know, if you if someone tells you there's nothing left to be done, then you're not sitting in front of the right practitioner. But I think it leads into this other quote you shared, people are usually down on what they're not up on. And so you say, oh, I'm middle-aged, I'm tired, I have no sex drive, I want to nap every nap afternoon, I can't lose 30 pounds, my hair's falling out, I'm forgetting things. And they just say, oh, it's normal for your age. And you ask about hormones and they, and you say, can you check my levels? I think I need hormone replacement. And then they say, no, we don't check women's hormones or no, that's dangerous. It could cause breast cancer. It, you have to remember these quotes that they're probably down on it because they're not up on it. They're not educated on it. This is so important. So many times earlier in my life when I had didn't know how to overcome a health issue, because my mother was given a drug when she was pregnant with me and the it was given for many years to millions of women that were pregnant. And many of the daughters born to those women couldn't have children and had many cancers. So I had multiple cancers, not just breast cancer. And I had many things I had to battle till I figured some of the, carved my own health out of the mountainside. And I was told many times in my 50s, you're just not, you're not getting any younger. You have to learn to age gracefully. You're never going to be totally well. You were exposed to this drug. I now have the youth in my older age that I was not able to enjoy in my younger age. And I gave my power up to many of these doctors because I didn't know and they were my doctors, my ophthalmologist, I wasn't an eye doctor, my kidney doctor, I wasn't a kidney doctor. And it wasn't until I took some of these things into my own research that I was able to turn the Titanic away from the iceberg and gain vibrant health. And there is two different ways to age. There's the way that you just go, you know, I'm going to age gracefully. I'm just going to be what it'll allow. Stroll in the evening with my dog. I'm just going to go with the flow. And that's okay. You get to choose that. But you aging picks up speed and you get older and older, faster and faster. And then there are those who say, I'm going to fight to stay as young as I can for as long as I can and look for the safe science-based tools that work and that allow me to have that. And I'm a hedonist. I love feeling well. And I love feeling so young and well and full of energy. I'm flying all over the country, lecturing everyone else is isolating and scared of everything. I am having a totally different life at this time when many of my friends are going from doctor to doctor and looking and acting and feeling very differently. And a big part of that is hormone replacement. It's not the only thing, but it's a big part. It's a foundational right. part. Certainly foundational, but do you want to share other things that you do? Because you really are a leader in, and you walk the walk. You do the things you you teach people to do. And I really do wish people could see you because you look amazing. Even for a 30-year-old, you look amazing. Um, well, the guy I'm dating is in his 40s. Oh, well, um, there you go. <laughs> and, so, and he lied to me at first. He told me he was in his 50s, so he thought I would go out with him. So when he finally, you know, after a year, he said, I got to tell you something that's really been bothering me. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. Well, you know, I track my inflammatory markers. So I track my interleukin-6 and my C-reactive protein, and I track my breast cancer markers. So I know when I'm getting a little bit inflamed and then I want to tamp that fire down because chronic excessive inflammation is not good and I might change my hormones or change my food. So I monitor my blood in a way that that's not a regular physical where you go in and you just get this perfunctory, you know, CBC and a different, you, you get, I do a more deep, so I do deep blood dives mm -hmm. periodically 
And I try to eat five to 10 plant foods a day of different mm. colors. And that's pretty much a steady of my diet. Lots and lots of diverse, because the pigments in those different colored plants protect your eyes, protect your brain, protect you against cancer. So I eat a lot of plant food. I don't eat a lot of animal products at all. Now, some people do well with animal products. There is a molecule you can run and uh, can tell you how you handle animal products a little bit called trimethylamine oxide, TMAO. And I, being a, a daughter born to my mom, given that drug when she was pregnant, all the daughters born to them have certain molecules that are adversely elevated. So I was born with a bad genetic deal of the cards. So I have to, to do things differently and more stringently than even most of my patients. And I'm willing to do that because I love having tons of energy. Mm -hmm. I go to the gym a lot. Most of my life, I've gone to the gym almost every day. Now I find that I do better if I go about five times a week. Mm -hmm. When I had a clinic in California, I would belong to 24-hour fitness and go at 4.30 in the morning. I just will do anything to feel good because when I was younger, I had so many cancers and felt so bad so long. I'm just willing to to do the opposite. So I work out, I try and find things to turn a fire in my belly. So I love what I do a lot, but not all the time because nobody loves what they do all the time. I try and have fun. I think vitamin F fun is an important yeah. component to life. And so canoeing for me is fun and hanging with girlfriends is fun, but I eat plant food. I work out regularly. I try and stay level-headed. I was a yoga teacher for many years and lived in India and used to meditate for many, many years. Now I don't really meditate as actively, but I kind of meditate in motion with a lot of prayer. So I try and occupy my body suit and a body, mind, spirit level. And I've done a lot of house cleaning, lots of therapies, lots of workshops from every which way you could look at it because you can't house clean enough of the old gunk to let the light and energy in. And for each person that's a little different, it's good to house clean and then house clean a little bit on a periodic level, which means body, mind, spirit. So I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah. And I take a lot of supplements. <laughs> Tell everyone how many a day, because I, I think people are shocked at how many supplements they need to take to stay get or stay optimally healthy. Well, the problem is we live in a toxic planet and right. the soil isn't what it used to be. Mm -hmm. So nothing's what it used to be. We have so many, we're sitting in a room and there's outgassing of so many endocrine disrupting mm -hmm. and other pollutants. So with the game, the rules of life have changed and you can't get all you need out of a broccolini and a carrot, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> I don't do this every single day. I take some days off and there are weeks when I'm so tired of popping a pill, I said, Gnug, and I don't have any <laughs> supplements for maybe a week. So I do take breaks. I don't believe in doing this obsessively every day, but I take 30 to 40 to 50 supplements a day, depending on what I'm dealing with. Um, I only have one kidney, so I can't overwhelm it. I have to make sure it's not a lot of minerals. Kidneys don't like a lot of minerals. Mm -hmm. So I adapt them. So I do a lot of botanicals and I've just created a new line for biotics with one product that clears off your receptors and the other product are botanicals that control growth and prevent cancer and keep your hormones level so that if you're worried about taking hormones, you can take these supplements with more peace of mind. And one is, they're by biotics research mm -hmm. and one is called receptor detox and it clears the chemicals off of your hormone receptors. And the other one is called hormone balance and protect. And it in particular has many herbs that control and prevent breast cancer, ovarian cancer, prostate cancer, thyroid cancer, all the hormone cancers. Mm -hmm. It has botanical growth controllers. So I those launched just two weeks ago. Awesome. Well, that is great. Thank you so much for sharing your regimen because I think people, well, two things. Some people, they overestimate what it takes to get their health back in line and keep it there. And a lot of people underestimate. So they'll do a few things and they'll have some success and maybe they'll lose, you know, 10 or 20, 30 pounds and sleep better and get a little better sex drive. And then they want to pull back and say, oh, I don't have to do any of this anymore. And the truth is that I always say health is a journey, not a destination. 
And you got to keep doing the things that got you where you were to get where you want to be and stay where you want to be. This has been such a great conversation. I could literally talk with you all afternoon, go make myself some tea, and we could just talk hormones and gut health and immune health and supplements and lifestyle and all the things. One thing I just definitely want to share. So all my life I battled weight on my, my abdomen. All my life, because my hormones were out of balance from that hormone disruptor that my mother was given. When I finally, after the Women's Health Initiative reanalysis, where we became less fearful of hormones and I could go more forward with the more fuller dose, I have got such a six-pack ab. I got to show you because hormones trim your torso. So I'm going to show you. They can't see. All right, I'm going to see this and I'm going to tell you guys. Oh my gosh. So I Amazing. have a ab, right? Which you don't normally have at this age. Right. And it's because I was able to go strong enough in my hormones. That was what really got me there besides working out. And you all feel better when your waist is more Scarlett O'Hara. Let's, you know, not exactly, eight, you know, 18 inches, but right. you do feel better when you're leaner. You do. You do. And, you know, you brought up a great point. So before we finish, I want to I wanna just highlight this. What does it take to have six-pack abs in your 70s? And you mentioned getting your hormones at the optimal levels. And this is not going to happen in corporate medicine. Nope, 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 nope. It is not going to happen. And what really gets... So realizing that estrogen protected against breast cancer and that you died less from it if you did get it. So that was huge. And then I had Abraham Morgenthaler on my show, who's the associate urologist from Harvard. And he's on the same mission to show men that if you're on testosterone, you have less aggressive prostate cancer. And if you go back on testosterone afterward, if you do get it again, you die less from it. So I really got that. And everyone, you know, was always in my ear, you can't take hormones. I'd go see my breast cancer doctor and they'd say, you're better than looking than any other cancer patient we have, but you got to go off hormones. And I, every single doctor I see that, that was their mantra and their aging as I'm, as I'm being with them. (laughs) And so then I lit, so David Rosensweet runs the menopause method. And he was one of my breast cancer doctors 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we've stayed friends all these years. And he had a very interesting patient. She was a gynecologist and she was on hormones. And she, her mother had Alzheimer's disease and she was scared to get of getting Alzheimer's. She'd been on hormones for about 10 years. And all of a sudden at the, the dose she was at, which estradiol somewhere between 0.8 milligrams to 2.5 milligrams a day is about the average dose that most women somewhere in there go on when they get individualized. She started losing words and feeling like she couldn't maintain her practice and was scared to death of getting Alzheimer's. So she kept pushing her hormone estrogen because now the Women's Health Initiative reanalysis came out. She felt safe to push it. So Mm -hmm. she pushed it, she pushed it, and she pushed it to such a high point where she got her period back, but her cognition completely cleared up. And she was on an outlier, much higher dose Mm -hmm. to maintain her health because of her genetics. Mm -hmm. That story got me. And I realized that now I don't, because of DES and that my mother was given and all the cancers I've been through, I'm missing eight organs. So I have very, I'm less mass inside me than most women. And I started- You're a bionic woman. (laughs) So I needed more. So I got courageous Mm -hmm. to go higher than the the little toe in the water of taking just the right amount to eliminate the symptoms. Mm -hmm. And boy, the minute I did that, I shed weight, my brain turned on. I just became younger, stronger, even though I was now 72, 71, you know, this is the last Mm -hmm. few years. So I've realized that you can go, that there are different outliers that need more and you need to have someone that works with you to get on the dose that works for you. Right, and that's why at the Hormone Club, we test, don't guess, Everybody gets monitored and followed with uh, dried urine testing because you've got to to know where that person is because it is a unique blueprint. But thank you for sharing that. It is, I think, you know, the, the no testing one size fits all for symptoms only in the lowest dose possible for the shortest amount of time is not going to get you the brilliant health that you deserve and it's not going to make 80 look pretty. So you got to ask yourself, what do you want 80 to look like? Do you want to have six pack abs like Dr. 
Dr. Lindsay, or do you want to be living in assisted living with some type of walker or cane and eating food that you would rather not eat and not being able to live independently? I'll go for the six-pack abs and canoeing. <laughs> Thank you. I'll have what she's having. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Lindsay. You've shared a lot of resources. You shared a couple of your books. Oh, Anything I have a podcast. Yeah, I've yeah, got go a podcast, ahead, which I haven't been on. Mm -hmm. um, we're revamping it. So just the last month, I haven't done it. But I've had a podcast for a few years called Dr. Bergson's Best Health Radio. We're, mm -hmm. we're revamping it a little bit. But I have a podcast. If you go to my website, drlindsayberkson.com, you can get onto it. But it's also on all of the major platforms. And Amazon Music just invited me on. So I, I decided to take this time to revamp the look a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, I have lots of books out on Amazon and some of them are on my website. Mm -hmm. And I also do some consulting telemedicine mm -hmm. and I see patients in person in Florida, in Naples, Florida, at Dr. Perlmutter's old clinic, the Naples Center for Functional Medicine. And I'm thinking of, of really going around the country, maybe doing one seminal talk and then maybe doing the others on Zoom of a whole day of hormones, how, everything you ever want to know about hormones, but didn't know who to ask for women to really inspire them and get them over their fears. And you know, I told you I maybe wanted to do something with you, but I wanted yeah. to reach more women with exactly your message and let people know about your club and let people know about what we've just been talking about this hour. I want to be Jane Fonda when I'm 80 in a white tight dress at the Academy Awards that she, why not? Why, why does 80 need to be old? Why does 70 need to be old? What if you got a little little money in the bank and you're just figuring life out, why should you be falling apart? So true. You shouldn't be. You should be living full out like you are. You are an example to us all. So everybody listening, stay tuned because yes, uh, Dr. Lindsay and I have been talking about what we could do together because we are both on a mission to make your health the best that it can be as you get older so that you can enjoy more of life. Thanks so much for joining me, Dr. Lindsay. And we'll see you next time. Until then, peace, love, and hormones, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you'd give me a review and subscribe. It really does help this podcast out so much. You can visit thehormoneprescription.com where we have some free gifts for you. And you can sign up to have a hormone evaluation with me on the podcast to gain clarity into your personal situation. Until next time, remember, take small steps each day to balance your hormones and watch the wonderful changes in your health that begin to unfold for you. Talk to you soon.